Hi again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 572. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Please specify whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're free, including postage and handling as well. I've got a, a very important message for you today. I've got music. I've got a letter and mainly the Holy Spirit of God, we pray, Lord, uh, come down upon me. Use my um, intuition of your spirit to um, bring forth the exact message that you would have me do today. Let it be your message and not mine at all. And let whatever is done on this program be yours and not anyone at all other than you, Father. Use this as your instrument to talk through and that the souls in the world will be saved and the world uh, of uh, Christianity will be edified and strengthened. I ask it in Jesus' name and everyone says amen. And oh, Lord, yes. Destroy the works of the devil. Destroy him completely, Lord. Uh, destroy every plan, every plot that he has. Uh, the pompous maniac, Lord, is... Uh, you, I just say, destroy his works, Father. I pray in Jesus' name and give us more finances in Jesus' name. And everyone says amen. Amen. All right, praise the Lord. Here's uh, Porter Wagner now uh, to sing for you, This World Can't Stand Long. It's more wicked every day. The good maker who created it won't let it stand this way. This world can't stand long. Be ready, don't wait too late. We should know it can't stand long, for it's too full of hate. Because it was so full of sin For that very reason now It's going to be destroyed again This world can't stand long Be ready, don't wait too late We should know it can't stand long For it's too full of pain Give our 
hearts to God. Let Him lead us by the hand. Nothing in the world to fear. He'll lead us beyond the burning sand. This world can't stand long. Be ready, don't wait too late. We should know it can't stand long. For it's too full of hate. Praise the Lord. That's right. This world can't stand long. It's a matter of fact, we're in the very last seconds of the end time. I'd like to give you some, uh, a little bit of help here by way of direction. How you, I'm talking to Christians, how you Christians may use the sword of the word of the Lord for your defense against the first enemy and the last well, you're probably wondering what I mean by the first and the last enemy. Well, there's the first enemy and the last enemy, but not the least. Because when I'm saying the first and last, uh, Satan hits Christians in many different ways, and we need to know how to put on the entire armor of God. And these uh, next uh, and these uh, next uh, messages that I'll be bringing, uh, and many others that I've already brought, uh, will be in regards on how to uh, defeat the enemy and how to use the sword of the word of the Lord, which is the word of God. So it's not least, and uh, it's not the first enemy and the last enemy, the way he hits people inward, outward, every kind of way there is. It's actually an army made up of many bands of afflictions, outward and inward, from without, inward, and from within, distress. That would distress you. The Christian in this world stands not as you may see some grand houses. Now, we're likened unto a house in the Bible or a temple. And uh, you see all kinds of grand houses in the world uh, that are fenced up and shadowed with walls, hills, or woods that the winds beat upon one side of them no, uh, the Christian lies open to storms and tempests from every direction uh, in this world and of the uh, of he the heaven. We read of a strange kind of wind that all at once quote smote the four corners of the house of which Job's children were uh, truly. Or surely the Christians afflictions beset him about. No corner was left that was not assaulted by these bands of satanic spirits. It wasn't the Lord that did that to him. It was the devil. The Lord uh, prepares, or he uh, a lot of times prepares environments for people that he wants to get a hold of them. But in this case, 
this was a test. He allowed Satan because Satan told him that, uh, what about uh, your servant Job? Uh, God said. He says, well, uh, he's serving you because he gets food, clothes. You build a hedge around him. He has wealth, everything. Take that away from him and he'll curse uh, you and quit on you. It was very often that he was assaulted. He was smitten on every side, all at once, crossed in his estate, uh, while feeble in his body. You know, a lot of people are very sick in their body. They're feeble. They really don't have much strength. And uh, the government comes in, this Antichrist government will come in and take their uh, houses away from them and take all their possessions and take their children away from them. And we've uh, already seen evidence that these things that they've been doing are horrible. And a lot of people in other nations of the world are suffering. Uh, like in China, there's people there that will take Christians and put a pistol in the hand of a father and tell them uh, to kill their son. And if they don't, they're going to kill them. And some people do that, not uh, realizing that, of course, uh, they're going to kill them anyway. And a lot of people take their sons and say, kill your dad. I would just have told them, look, <laughs> you just go ahead and kill me because I'm not going to kill my son. I'm not going to do anything that you evil condemned souls tell me to do you're condemned unless you ask the lord to forgive you of all your sins and then stay in the spirit of the lord so satan had smitten all uh, uh all sides of job and all at one time he crossed him in his estate every single way that there was while he was so sick in his body and, and afflicted in his spirit all at once. And then his body received boils on them. And when so many ocean waves of storms meet, um, all these different sorrows, it's just one wave of sorrow after another, uh, meet, it is no easy work. For the poor Christian's heart to stand unbroken against the concurrent violence of their waves. I'm talking about, have you ever noticed that in this world we get one wave after the other? It's like you're in the ocean or in a great sea. And here's one wave and you think it might be over with and then another wave hits. And then another hits, and uh, this uh, message that I'm bringing today is to show you how to, and the one that I brought last uh, yesterday, is to show you how to survive and to get through all this. So this is most certain that those dejections and evils with which the minds of the best saints are so discomposed and ruffled. Yes, sometimes dismayed and distressed cannot be charged with any deficiency of the gospel's 
principles for their support and comfort. Because the Lord comes out and tells us here um, that these things are going to happen. But rather on their own impotence and unskillfulness to apply them in their several exegesis. My present task is to drop a few words of counsel to the weak Christian, how he may use and yield the sword of the word of the Lord for his defense and comfort. A lot of people want to know what can we do when these things are happening in our lives? What are we to do? And I want to teach you what to do. In any affliction without or distresses of spirit from within that may assault you or any Christian. And here I must not uh, descend to any of the many particular cases I can't cover all of them, but I'm going to do something here uh, because that would take volumes of work to do. And uh, the time doesn't allow all of it on this program and not proper at this time. But only uh, content myself with some general rules. And hopefully this will content you. That may be applicable to everyone that hears this message. Now, the cordial and restorative part of the word, um, which principally is prepared and provided for the soul's comfort in all his discomforts and distresses. Uh, all this is contained in the promise, promises of God. So what I'm saying here is that you're going to have to uh, memorize the promises of God and apply them to every situation, every affliction, and every distress that you have. And if you do not press yourself to do this, uh, then you will not be able to receive anything from this message whatsoever. If you study the um, different promises of the Lord to improve them into your soul so that it will improve your life, and uh, there alone, uh, these alone will make you a comfortable Christian by the promises of the Lord. Now, now if you are able to improve the promises, do you think anyone can uh, improve the promises of God? No. I don't think so either. But if you are able, I'm talking to puffed up people that uh, call themselves Christians, if you're able to uh, improve the promises so as not to be run down or trampled upon by Satan in any day of distress that comes upon you, Uh, but uh, comfortably then lift up your head, you people. If you're so powerful without God's promises, then lift up your head comfortably. Um, 
lift up your head in hope and confidence above the waves of your present sorrows and save thyself. All right. I'm being facetious here in case you don't know it. Okay. Then listen what follows in a few general rules of direction prepared for your help. This is what this message is for, is for your help. I already know these things. First, let it be your first and number one care to get your interest in the right to the promises cleared up in your mind. Get all this uh, cleared up. In other words, do everything that the Word of God tells you to do so you can know that you have the right to claim the promises. Because a, a lot of Christians that I see, they have no right to claim the promises because they are openly defying God on a daily basis. and Therefore, they may boil within themselves because I tell them these things. But nevertheless, uh, these are the people that I say uh, feel that they, uh, they are able to take care of Satan based on the promises that they have uh, the power to be able to go through distress and uh, the uncomfortable wiles of Satan, the fiery darts of him. But, um, but we have to uh, get your interest in and right to the promises. That means you have to get interested in reading the Bible to see what the promises are. Amen? Amen. How can you know what his promises are? And if you don't know the promises, then how are you going to claim them when disaster hits? This is one thing that was cleared up in Job's mind when he was uh, tested by God and tempted by Satan. So get all that, uh, the promises of God cleared up in your mind. Get them clear. If I were you, I'd write them down in a book. And uh, whenever some catastrophe hits, I would go to those promises like sickness, disease, infirmities, whatever. And number two, take some pains to sort out the promise, all the promises, and reduce them to their proper headings or places. Just like a file cabinet, you have them filed away. Because what is more important in this world than to have God as your friend and to be able to know how to destroy Satan, your first and uh, last, but not the least, enemy? Okay, because he has... Um, then, number three, observe the latitude of the promises. Learn... Uh, how to not receive anything from Satan. And four, be much in meditation on the promises. Some people never think about it, and there's all kinds of disasters that happen during the day. People rub them the wrong way, or they get a headache, or they get some kind of, they go to the doctor and find out that they've got some kind of uh, uncurable disease. 
and uh, that way they're not able to plead the promises at the throne of power because that's number five plead the promises at the throne of power and number six within you you have these promises written on the table of your heart so number six when you have sued the promise in other words you go up um, to the throne of the Lord and you tell him Lord you promised we don't have any food in the house and you stated my little children are uh, hungry and they're naked and you promised that you through your uh, servant David that you uh, that we would never see the seed of the righteous, the little children of the righteous, need any bread. They won't go hungry. Amen? Amen. Now, Lord, uh, and I am working. I mean, you don't just serve people that are not working because you said work or we shouldn't eat. And so if I don't work to support my children, well, then I'm worse than an infidel, the book of James tells me. So when you're working, well, then you're able to plead the promises at the throne of power. If you're not lusting after the opposite sex or the same sex, because there's so much of that around today, well, then you'll be able to plead the promise at the throne of power. If you don't allow yourself to be controlled by the power of the Spirit of the Lord, well, then... Uh, how will you be able to go to the throne of power and plead the promises? In other words, to sue the promises. So when you have sued the promise, Father, you said, I am ill. My daughter, my son is ill. And Lord, I, I'm serving you because I believe that I am part of the commonwealth of the living God the commonwealth of heaven, and you said by your stripes, we were healed, we are healed. And so I receive it now, Father God, in the name of Jesus. And I'm not going to let any devil tell me that I'm not of the commonwealth of uh, heaven. I've got this written, I've studied it, I've got it logged in, in my heart, uh, in on file, and Whatever's wrong with me is not wrong with me because you said I'm healed and Satan, my body, and all these other elements in this world, these throngs of evil spirits that are hitting me are telling me, no, the promises of no value whatsoever. And when you go up to the throne and then Satan starts accusing your spirit, your soul, because you know you haven't been working with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength for the Lord. And therefore, you just buckle up and just go into a corner and pout because you know you're evil and that you don't have any claim to the promises of God because they're all based on our keeping the commandments. So uh, when you have kept the commandments and you're uh, saved, you uh, have no sin on your soul, then we are able to go before the throne of God because this, the Lord sees that the blood on our soul that all of our sins have been forgiven and drowned in the sea of God's forgetfulness, and you can stand 
on the promises, the word of God that by God I come, there is no way that you can refuse me. And I'll die saying this to you, Father. You said do my will and I'll do yours. Now, Father, I pray that you do this in Jesus' name. I'm not like other Christians. I keep your commandments. There's no filth going through my mind because I've given my heart and my soul and my spirit and everything. My heart, soul, mind, and strength unto you. And therefore, I'm suing you, Father, though your word, your word, keep it now in Jesus' name. Now destroy the enemy, Father. We're being hit on every side. The enemy that David had was nothing in comparison that's hitting me. And Father God, I ask in the name of Jesus, I'm keeping your word. Destroy him, Father. <coughs> Rebuke the devil, Father, in Jesus' name. And I stand on the promises. I'm suing the promises, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. So when you uh, have sued the promise, then act your faith on the power and truth of God. In other words... Uh, Get up there and pray. Amen. Amen. And the truth of God is that he said, you are my friend if you keep all my... A person that says they love me and keep not my commandments are liars. And the truth is not in him. And you can come up here all you want, all day long, all week, all year long, all the rest of your life. And you're not going to receive anything from me, saith the Lord. But he's going to show people what you are. And how is that? By you being absolutely broke and sick. Now that isn't uh, that the people of the Lord won't be sick. Because many times Job was sick. Amen. Amen. But he stood on the promises. And he was besieged on every side. He was attacked from everywhere. And yet he uh, would not give up his integrity. He says, I will not until the, until I die. I know I'm right with God. No preacher has to tell me that. I've done business with the Almighty God and I know I'm all right. All right. Fine enough to be able to receive your promises. So the truth of God for the performance of your prayer. God isn't going to receive a false person. You think that he doesn't know everything that you're doing and everything that you're saying and everything that you're thinking? We're going to be judged for even our thoughts at the judgment bar of God. Well, so we must see to it that we have our interest that we are interested in the promises of God. Because if you don't, then you're just saying, you don't have any promises, God. You're a nothing, God. Oh, I'm something. But you're nothing. So when the Lord sees, when we see to it that we have our interest in the promises made clear to us, well, then the Lord knows that, doesn't he? Yeah. Wouldn't the Lord know that? Yes. And wouldn't he know if you were a faker? Yes. Yeah. 
Let it be your first and chief care to get your interest in and right to the promises of God. Get that all cleared up in your mind. This is the um, the hinges on which the great dispute between you and Satan will have in the day of trouble. Because Satan's going to come and tell you, you have no ground to even approach the throne of God. You have no word of God to stand on. You're a phony. You're a sinner. And you're trying to bring the world to order when you yourself are as sinful as sin can possibly be. <clears throat> because that's exactly, uh, if it's not cleared up in your mind, this is the very thing on which the great dispute, this big war between you and Satan, or it's a dispute, it's a word uh, situation. He said, you know what you did. You know what you think about all day long. You're not thinking about the Lord all day long. You haven't given your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You haven't even given him the first part, the heart. You're all for you. You and yours. So this great dispute between you and Satan will have uh, in the day of trouble. You're going to, so when the day of trouble comes and Satan tells you that and you're right with the Lord, you say, get thee hence, Satan. I have kept the commandments of the Lord. The Lord has told me to bring messages on a daily basis to teach the people in the church. Teach the people of the church what you know, Tony. Because even when they know it, they don't teach it. They break the commandments every day. And they're so weak in their faith that uh, when people are doing something right before their very eyes that they know that are not acceptable to the Lord or myself, they just let it go on without even uh, reporting it. And the Bible tells us to report, to reprove, rebuke, and to edify one another. Because there's going to be, uh, there's going to come the day of trouble you and uh, it can happen all at once troubles all at once oh you can run on for a long time but let me tell you God can cut you down at one time even the righteous Job the only righteous man on earth uh, was at once in one day all these things hit him, these horrible things, all of his children killed, all of uh, his uh, wealth taken. His wife stood out and said, why don't you, he's uh, afflicted with boils and every evil thing going on in his spirit and in his uh, life. His wealth is gone, his spirit is troubled. But he knew that he was right with the Lord because every day he gave offerings up to the Lord. He sent incense up. Well, the incense uh, to God is our prayers. They were symbolized in the Old Testament as incense. But this is what it means is to keep the incense continually going up before the Lord. So that you, in the time of trouble and 
You know, a lot of people are a lot older today than they were when they said they first believed. A person that says they believe in me and keep not my commandments, the Lord said, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. And he has not even enough truth to realize that in one of these days, in one moment, the day of trouble will come. There's no smooth sailing for Christians or uh, anybody else. Some people have enough money to be able to build themselves shelters and they store up money for their uh, young ones to go to college so that they can become even more perverted than they are. But the Lord doesn't require uh, university training. So unless the case before God and you, you and the Lord are resolved before that uh, day of trouble overtakes you. It has to be resolved before that. You have to plan for the future. You have to prepare your heart for sorrow. Well, why you say sorrow? The Bible plainly tells us that it's better to be in the house of sorrow than in the house of mirth. But people think that they can go into a one of these uh, comedy stores and have a few laughs, and then that takes them away from the misery. That's why there's so much drugs today and so much of these comedy stores. It's because people are miserable and they don't know any way out, and that's why I'm teaching you these things, to learn the promises of God so that you can stand on them in the day of trouble. You may ask, well, how do I know that if I learn all these things that God is not going to test me out with the same thing that he did Job? Well, whatever the case may be, if that happens to me, that's happened to me before. I've had everything that I worked for. Sue and I worked for for years. It was taken away from us. And I put a big sign in the store window in Nashville. I said, the Lord gave and the Lord took, oh, took away. Because Job is a very good example to me. And I've had to go to prison on false charges. But I've gone uh, to uh, reform school when I, a friend of mine took his dad's car and we ran away. He didn't go to reform school, but I had to. His dad was connected, so to speak. So make sure that um, you um, get everything resolved between uh, you and the Lord, because there's going to come a time when Satan's going to dispute with you when you try to get to the throne of God, when everything hits like a whirlwind. But a beautiful scripture is that God has his way in a whirlwind. Amen? Amen. If you know what the promises are, and you store them in your mind, your heart, and your soul, and that you've given your heart to the Lord. Because as I stated in the message yesterday, it is commanded to pray. Amen? Amen. Is it? Amen. Is there a command to pray? Yeah. Amen. There is also a promise uh, that in the Word of God that gives you the ability to um, pray. That's Zechariah 
Romans 8:26. Does God require of us to give him our heart? Huh? Yes, he does. Well, if you don't do that, well, then how can he guide your heart? Yes, does God require uh, you to, uh, all of us, to give him our heart? My son, he says, give me thine heart. Says it throughout the Bible, but this is one scripture, Proverbs 23, 26. The promise says uh, that uh, the Lord will give us a new heart. He says, a new heart also will I give you. Ezekiel thirty six twenty six. All right, so we are to give him a heart, and if we do, then he gives us a new heart. The heart that we have primarily for people that never... Uh, um, <clears throat> care to uh, store up the promises of the Lord. Uh, they never... Uh, uh, resolve these things before uh, that day overtakes you where trouble comes. There's a song, Troublesome Times Are Here. Amen? Mm -hmm. The Bible says this is even worse than the days of Jacob's troubles. Hallelujah. All right, and so we have to prepare for war. Uh, if we are not uh, preparing ourselves for war, then uh, the case is not resolved, is it? And then when troubles hit, then God will allow you to be like one of Job's sons because they were banqueting day, all day long, then their daughters. And um, the house from four corners smashed down on them and killed every one of them. They thought, well, you know, Job is our dad, and God won't let anything bad happen to our, to us because Job is our dad. And a lot of people in the church think that, well, our minister is of the Lord, and so God's not going to let anything happen to me. Or I'm married to the prophet of the Lord, and nothing's going to happen to me. Just like Lot's wife. He took his wife, amen? amen, and he took the sons of some big shots like Aaron and others. So we got to get this case resolved before that day overtakes you. Now, I've already done that, and I am uh, every day that I wake up, I'm wondering, is uh, it going to hit today, Lord? I pray that it won't, but uh, I'm sure Job prayed that prayer as well. And there's a lot of people in my church that are not a Job. And they're not really that much at all, but I pray that they are. That's why I'm bringing this message, and I pray that you will as well. <clears throat> because this day of trouble is going to overtake you if you don't get right. Oh, it is so sad for a poor Christian to stand at the door of the promise in the dark night of affliction, afraid to open the latch of the door. Afraid. 
Why art thou afraid? Adam, how come you're afraid? Well, because, Lord, uh, but we're naked. How did you know you was naked? You know all these things. Every soul knows these because every soul that's in a body of a human being came from the Lord. And you won't have any excuses. You're a liar. But you're not going to be able to lie to God. God knows all about you. So I'm so afraid to open the latch of the door to the kingdom of heaven. The Lord is the door. But you're afraid to go there because you know there's your conscience keeps pointing its bony finger at you and telling you, you know what you are. You know what you've done. You're afraid to come up to the Lord because you know that the blood, there's sin on your soul and you know that sin separates people from the Lord because sin is the transgression of the law. And you believe that garbage from false prophets that you can still sin after you've been saved. The Bible doesn't preach any such thing. And it looks in a couple places like it's saying it, but it doesn't say it. What it means is if you uh, sin, uh, you have an advocate with our Lord Jesus Christ, and he'll, but these are sins of ignorance. I mean, you did something, you didn't know it was wrong, and then you find out that it was. Then if you're not afraid to, to open the latch of the door, then come as boldly for shelter as a child into his father's house. When you were a child, did you ever run to your father's? Uh, I didn't because my dad really wasn't around. There wasn't anybody for me to run to, so I had to uh, fixate. Uh, I just had to take whatever came or went because I, I'm not uh, bragging about it or anything, uh, but uh, and I enjoyed doing it. I was uh, the support for my mother and two brothers. One of my two brothers is still alive. He'll be glad to tell you that. So all you people in the world, if you're having distresses, uh, all kinds of problems, now this is the way to, no matter what distress hits you, to get out of it. This is the secret that so few preachers uh, know. And they themselves are so loaded down with sin because the Bible talks about all the false prophets in the end day. In the end times, the false prophets, the preachers, the teachers, and these false evangelists, they disguise themselves as an angel of light. But uh, I'm not doing this for money. I own a Beatles album worth over, I'm told, 50 to 100 million dollars. And I certainly... Um, I'm not in the ministry for money. If I were out for money, I'd sell my Beatles album and uh, not take all the false accusations that are told about me, and I wouldn't have, to, I wouldn't suffer these distresses. But on the other hand, I've been in the ministry going on 40 years, and without a doubt, I would be dead by now. Okay, because 
I have run into so many circumstances that the Lord told me, no, don't go here, no, don't, don't go there, do this and do that. And I wouldn't have known to do that, and I would have been dead. So people enter into your chambers and shut the doors about you. Hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. That's Isaiah 26, 20. Can you find that for me, please? Yes. Isaiah 26, 20. Isaiah 26, 20. Find that in your Bibles, folks. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a moment, until the indignation be overpassed. These are instructions from uh, the Lord, because the Lord cares about his children, and he knows that this world is full of uh, hate and danger. It's a dangerous. We're living in dangerous times, evil times. He who has his... uh, title to the promise uh, proved from the word to his conscience will not be wrangled easily out of this comfort. So in other words, if you have, uh, if you know that you own the title, if you have a house and you bought paid for it, then you have the title to it. Well, in the gospel, no matter what the false prophets say, there's a price to pay. Amen. You have to take up the, you have to die out to your old life and take up the cross and follow the Lord. And if you do, then you have a title. You own the title to the promise proved from the word of God to your conscience will not be wrangled easily out of this comfort or this promise. You want to stand on the promise? Then when trouble comes? Because it's going to come. So you won't be wrestled easily out of this comfort or wrangled out of it or cheated out of it. Out of the comfort of knowing that God is your father, is your savior, is your creator, and you can boldly go up to the throne of God and receive the promise. Isn't that comfortable? Well, so few people know that, that they're always uncomfortable. They're always running around with like bees around their head and hornets and uh, millers and all kinds of pests. All sorts of creeps. And during they first get up in the morning and they feel real good and then something hits from somebody, says something to them. Or a group of people will come up against you and attempt to frighten you from giving reports uh, so that the pastor or the prophet, which is a prophet for sure, can get a hold of the Lord because you know that he's got to be right with the Lord in order to be able to bring messages like this. Messages that instruct your soul of what to do in a case 
when the enemy is doing everything in his power to destroy you and to convict you. There's no condemnation to your conviction to people that uh, live not after the flesh, that have given their heart to the Lord, that have given their heart, all their heart, all their soul, all their spirit, and all everything, everything that they have unto the Lord. There's no condemnation to a person like that. And therefore, <clears throat> they come boldly before the throne. So if you take a little time out, a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed, then he who has uh, his title to the promise, you're waving that in God's face. You have to be that positive. You have to be that sure. You have to keep your mind so riddled on the word of God in order to hold that title up before the Lord and sue the Lord at the throne. Oh, my God, we would never do that. Well, then that's strange because that's what the Lord wants you to do. Amen? Well, you know, the Lord tells us, uh, uh, read a little bit of the James, the book of James in the New Testament, chapter 5, which I told you to read. Go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl. Yeah, now these are instructions to you, rich man. Weep and holler. Read it again. Go whip, weep and what? Howl. Howl like dogs or coyotes or wolves to the moon. Then what? For your misery. Because that's all you can do is howl to the moon. You don't have God. And then what? For your miseries that shall come upon you. They're going to come upon you. I don't care how wealthy you are, how rich you are, how many dollars you've got in safety deposit vaults, or how much you've uh, cranked up uh, the uh, your estate to your friends and family, your loved ones. Then what? Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Well, see, the Lord touches it like that. And disaster will come in a minute because you don't have God. You're not bright. You're in darkness and therefore you don't know anything. You're dead. According to the word of God that if you're not saved, you're dead. Your spirit is dead. And you know the dead know nothing, the Lord said. Okay? And if you're walking carelessly, not uh, putting everything in order as I'm telling you to, Then when the troubles come, then you're going to scream and howl. Like the Bible says in the first chapter of Proverbs, he said, because you didn't pay any attention to my warnings, he says, when the time comes, when troubles come, you're going to cry for me and I'm not going to hear you. Amen? Amen. When your soul is, I'm pulling it out of your body and sending it to hell, you're going to scream out to me, no, God. And God is going to tell you, he said, he's going to mock you and laugh at you. He'll say, no, God, no, no, no. Oh, I mean, please, God, forgive me. Oh, no, 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 no. Forgive me, please. He knows that you're just saying it because you're under the gun. So he who has his title to the promise proved, you know that you got it proved in your heart and soul that it's from the word 
to your conscience, your conscience will not be wrangled easily out of this comfort. No, <clears throat> both uh, would not part with his inheritance for the pleasure, displeasure of a king, but stands up in the defense of his right to death and so resolves Job. Job says, till I die. I'm right before God and I say, I'm not going to give up my title to the promises. Never, even though I die. I will not remove my integrity from me. Job 27 verse 5. God forbid that I should justify you. Till I die, I will not remove mine integrity from me. Praise the Lord. Well, I see my time is up. Uh, I'd love to go on. I love to teach people how to avoid trouble and how to get out of trouble based solely on the word of God. Okay, so right now you can have this pleasure, this comfort, uh, when you receive God at his word. He said he will give you all the things that are necessary for you to be able to get into the kingdom of heaven and to be able to stand in a day of trouble. So you start out this way. Let's pray to God now. Say to God, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, the son of you, Father. And I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open up uh, the door of my heart, and I've opened up your door, Lord, in heaven. I've opened up through Jesus. I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus, with you, Father, and the Holy Spirit. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul. I know because your word says so. Your word says you'll turn no one away, and that includes me. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know I'm saved. Now raise your hands in praise and thank you. Say thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Praise and thank the Lord. Now, Sharon, tell them in Radio Land, in our audience, how to receive a copy of this program, number 572. It's free. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505 or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370. Or fa fax to area code 479-782-7406. Praise the Lord. This is World Pastor Tony Alamo saying tune in tomorrow for more direction on how to receive God and to destroy the your enemy, your first and last enemy, but not the least. Amen. Amen. And here is uh, Porter Wagner and myself to sing for you, Hold My Hand, a song written by Dolly Parton for me. All right, go ahead. Mm -hmm. 
And let the path I walk be straight Let the deeds I do be kind Let me never hesitate To help my brother walking blind Hold my hand lest I lose my way Just hold my hand and 